0: Amen. Well, we, we, we've been talking about the three chairs and, 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 and the chairs that we sit in, you know, and, and uh, you know, the first chair being commitment, the second chair being uh, compromise, the third chair being complacent, which always leads to conflict, and, and, and finding out where we are so we can get to where we should be so that we can eventually arrive at where God's created us to be. You know, and understanding where we are, it, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a place where we can feel condemnation. It's a place where we can find recognition So that, because to get to where you're going, it kind of is vital that you know where you are. Because if you can't understand where you are, the directions to where you're going will not make sense. You know, go up here and turn left, and and you're thinking, what do you mean go up here and turn left? uh, You know, go, go to the Dairy Queen and make a right. What Dairy Queen? If you ain't anywhere near it, it doesn't make any sense. And a lot of times, God's given direction, insight, revelation to people, but they can't admit where they're at. They're afraid to tell anybody. They're afraid to to acknowledge that this is where I am in my relationship with God. Listen, we don't care where we are, you know, as far as a judgmental thing. What we care about is where we're going. Man, and and I'm going to tell you something. There's there's just, most of us have areas of our life that could use some improvement. We kind of consider ourselves a small group for that. Right? This is a small group meeting for people who are jacked up, and we've noticed you fit in. So don't worry about it, right? but just don't stay where you are. Just don't repeat the same mistakes that you've made in the past. You, you know, let's be people who are passionate about pursuing the purpose and the plan of God, especially in our lives. Amen. In the book of Ezra, it's the 8th chapter, the 21st verse, he said, you know, what we did is that we proclaimed a fast and, uh, you, you know, that we might humble ourselves and seek from God the right way for us, the right way for our children, the right way for our substance. He said, you know, what we did is that, that we started cutting stuff out to make room for what God had for us. You know, I know a a lot of people are really you know anti fasting, uh, but but listen to me, it's not gonna hurt you. Thank you for that big response. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it it wouldn't hurt us to fast. You know, to just literally cut out food for a couple of days and drink so, a lot of water and seek God, because you know uh, you got to find something that'll get your attention, something that'll something that'll take the uh, uh, you know the the natural man and move him so that the spirit man can begin to hear from God. Because the Bible tells us that the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he, for their foolishness to him. So to sit around and try to think about it and reason with it. And, and you know, and Ezra, Ezra kind of tapped into, the, into the, the revelation that, you know what, I, we're going to have to get ourselves to find God's way. You know, because Proverbs uh, said that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the ends are death. You know, and it's not just dead, it's separated from the end that God declared for you at the beginning. And Isaiah, he said that in the beginning, God declared the end. God God knew what the end was when he brought you. In Jeremiah, he said, before I I formed you, I knew you. I knew exactly where you were going to fit, and I used that information to determine how I was going to shape you. And I've, I've made you, you know, unique, and I've empowered you to fulfill the purpose for which I created you. So God's got this plan for your life. You know, and it's to prosper you, not to harm you. It's to give you hope. It's to give you future. God's plan for your life is the very best that you you could ever experience. But see, the enemy wants us to think that if we go after God's plan, that we're going to end up being stuck with some miserable thing that we don't... No, God ain't trying to, to, to put you in a place where you're going to spend, you know, years on earth just being tormented by life. His his plan and his purpose, you know, in in Romans, it says, you know, hey, man, don't let that world squeeze you into its way of thinking because that's how the world thinks. But be transformed by renewing your mind so that you can prove to yourself that God's will for your life is good. You need to prove to yourself that God's will for your life is perfect, man. It ain't lacking anything. That God's will for your life, that's the acceptable plan. That's the only thing you should accept. You should reject anything else. And and what Ezra's saying is, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to seek God. We're going to humble ourselves. We're going to humble ourselves, And we're going to seek God and his way for our life, currently, for our kids. That's our future, for our substance. Everything God's given us, he's given it to us with purpose. And and we want to know God's plan. We want to pursue God's plan. You know, and Joshua, you know, he steps up, and, and uh, he says, you know, hey, man, if it seems evil to you to serve God, if, you, if there's some other God that you prefer, then go get it. But as for me in my house, we're serving God. And, and, and he just had a, man, he had an encounter with God, he had a revelation that the best life is going to be the life that God prescribes. You and I as believers, we need to, we need to buy in. You know, we we need to get out of this chair of compromise where we're, you know, because see, the the guy in the first chair, he lives life by conviction. The guy in the second chair, he lives by comparison. And he's comparing his life to everybody. And and if they're doing it, it must be okay. Not everything that's okay for the guy sitting right behind you is going to be God's plan for you. You know, usually we come to church and, and you know, we're going to talk about smoking and chewing and going with girls that, you know, that do that stuff. And, and, and the deal is, no, no, let's just talk about everyday decisions, about handling the storms of life. How I many you know, there are storms in life. You know, there, there's challenges and, and there's, uh, sometimes there's even opposition. Well, I thought, I thought if I got saved, life was going to be easy. <laughs> it, it, man, you're going to live for God. You're going to have to take the floaties off. You're going to need to move kind of a little bit more down towards the deeper end of the pool because this, this mindset that, every, you know, man, it's just, it's just crazy. People, people will make statements like, uh, well, I deserve to be happy. God wants me happy. Well, let me tell you something. Doing what you want might make you happy for a minute, but doing life his way will make you happy for eternity. Okay, Now, now if, if you're not smart enough to figure out that eternal happiness is better than momentary pleasure, then you're going to have a hard time. The enemy is going to wreak havoc in your life. Because he, what he's going to do is he's going to show up and, and show you stuff you, you know, that you like to get you to, to separate from God's way for your life. Quite often, opportunity is... The strategy of the enemy. If all it takes is opportunity to separate you from destiny, then you're an easy target. Because all the devil has to do to get you from missing the mark with God is offer you $3.25 an hour more. And you'll relocate and get yourself totally separated from God's purpose for your life. And if you look around at the rest of the world, well, that's a good thing, right? Because how do we measure... It, it, the blessing of God on our life. Well, it must be the you know the bank account statement. It must be the, the you know the square footage of the house. It must be the year of the car that we're driving, or or or, or the bike that we're riding, or, or or the motor home that we're cruising in, or or the boat that we're floating. That's not how you measure God's blessing on your life. See, the reality is the reality is is that as smart as we are, we can be distracted and led astray. So we have to be intentional. We, we have to use uh, what did Todd call it, discipline. You know, discipline, a great definition for discipline is, is doing things you hate to get a result that you love. You know, not everybody is just jacked up about hitting the gym. You know, there's a few people. How you doing? Yeah. There's a few people that, good Lord, I mean, you know, they'll skip vacation to go to the gym. I have friends. I have, I have friends that do a lot of running. And, uh, and they've helped me, you know, because, you know, they, they've just helped me. But one of me, he, he like runs 50 miles at a time. He goes on these 50-mile runs. And I'm thinking, how scared must you be to run 50 miles? You know, like, I, I, I speak into his life. Turn around. Face your fear. Don't live like such a sissy. Come on. And, you know, but in order to get a result you like, you might have to perform an action you don't like. It's discipline. And, and isn't that really what Joshua was saying when he, when he stood and he made that, that statement? Hey, if you got a preference out there, then you go for it. But you're not changing my mind. As for me and my house, we're serving God. We've decided that he's the master, we're the servants. See, in, in the second chair, there's some confusion. Because I am the master of my life. This is, this is my life. This is my world. This is, you know, and, and you know what? I want to do nice things. I want to do good things. I, I, I love God but I love me more. And, and, and we, we wouldn't come out and say it, but, but uh, uh, we're kind of afraid that if we literally trusted God that our dreams wouldn't be fulfilled. You know, and, and a lot of that is because of the separation that we have in our life from, from the world. Listen to me, when, when, when your when you're church, you, and your work, you, have a different opinion... One of you is going to compromise. You don't both get to rule and reign. And a lot of us, even in our endeavor to to live a life that pleases God, as long as it fits in with what we've scheduled, what we've planned, what, what we've purposed in our heart, with our agenda. Isn't it weird that when it comes to, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's, and I got to tell you, it's just kind of strange because you get to a certain spot in a message like this and it gets super quiet. And people are like, "Now hold on a minute. Tell us we're doing good. We are. But we want to be better. Right? Right? See, there's a difference between being critical and thinking critically. See, when you think critically, you look at situations, and, 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 and you, 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 know, you evaluate, how can I make that better? Yeah. You know, this God life thing, man, you know, in, in my area of life, let me tell you how I'm working this out. In my, in, in my life, is I'm looking at what God's doing, and it's awesome. Okay, what can I do better? How can I? How can I get rid of the compromises in my life? I just think it's weird that uh, e- even in my life, when it comes to uh, you know simple things, I mean basic things, there are certain things you don't need to pray about. You just need to obey about. You know, you, you don't have to pray. God, do you want me to forgive? Yes. You know, uh, Lord, uh, should I love my neighbor? Yes. God, have you seen who moved in? Yes. You know, am I am I supposed to? You know die to myself and live for my wife yes which by the way we have two guys on their honeymoon two couples on their honeymoon in church today i think you ought to give them a hand (laughs) uh, evan evan took off i was going to give him a bad time because i remember when you guys got married and first thing you did was skip church just i'm just saying don't don't try to justify you know if you're innocent you don't need a defense just i'm just saying You know, but there's just certain things, you know, giving, giving. Well, as long as it doesn't cut into my purchasing. <laughs> oh, you're just trying to get our money. No, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm just trying to get your attention that uh, you're going to do things for God. But you don't want to cut anything out. You just want to add it in. And if your schedule's so full that you can't, then you're too busy. And it seems like a justifiable excuse to not do what God would ask you to do. I mean, you have to understand that it's easy for the enemy to keep you from pursuing the, the purposes of God if he can keep you so busy pursuing your own. That because we are not a people that are like, we're gonna cut something out. No, we're gonna add stuff in. And, 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 you know, the reality is, is that you can find out the condition of your heart. All you got to do, you just look at two books, right? Well, we used to have this thing called a checkbook. And you could look at the checkbook and look at the register and see where you know, your heart was at. We don't use those anymore. We have cards, so nobody knows exactly what's going on. Because it's just a great way to hide, right? Because just swipe the card and figure it out later. But if you can look, if you can look at your bank statement, you can find out where. But but how about your calendar? How about your scheduling book? Where, where's your time? You know where? Well, I I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Well, wait, we're so busy, we don't have time to serve God. Well, he's got to be okay with it because, you know, he loves us. I'm telling you, it's a good thing he loves us or we'd be greasy spots on the highway of life. It's a good thing he loves us, but he ain't going to leave us alone. You know, I think a lot of times we think of that statement that God will never leave us alone. We think that means he's not going to walk off and leave us by ourselves. Sometimes it's like God won't leave me alone. Are you feeling me? He he won't leave me alone because every time I go to do what I want to do, he's like, hey, what, "What what are you doing? Just hold on a minute. I'll see you on Sunday." Right now, this is my time. No, 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 no. When you made the decision to follow him, see you 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 know you you, you cut away all that other stuff. Yeah, but. These are all Old Testament scriptures. You know, Ezra's fasting and Joshua's choosing. It. Okay, how about Matthew 6, 33? He, he, he said, Matthew 6, seek at, aim for, strive after. First of all, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, his way. Seek first his Way of doing his way of being right his way not not yours not mine his see to to seek first is 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 in other words here's your launching point this is where you're gonna go from seeking him first his kingdom his agenda not mine not yours not ours. You know, have you ever worked on a, on, on a team project and, and, and there's, you know, hey, we got one goal, but in a, interesting that the more you work as a team on the one goal, how many other goals come into, because we all carry our agendas with us. We all carry our desires and our purpose and, and, and our hopes, but how many you know that God has a hope for your life? And, and one, one of the hardest things to do is to humble yourself and to set your hope aside and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. See, because the enemy, he's just trying to separate you from the word. Because if we know the word, we, you know, I love Acts sixteen thirty two in the message. It says, "If you put your entire trust in the Master Jesus, you will live the life you were meant to, and your whole house too." And if, if we if we if we were led by the word of God, allowed the Spirit of God to use the word of God to help us pursue the will of god a lot of times we we, you know i could ask the trick question i'm not uh, but but you know how many are looking for the will of god and everybody raises their hand but but you know god's will is always accomplished his way and his way is always defined through his word always so you got to go to his, way, his word in order to find his way, and you got to do life his way if you have any intention of fulfilling his will. So if all the enemy has to do is separate us from the word, then we'll never do life his way. We'll always sit in this chair and look at others. And, and, and it's easy because we can look over there at that third chair and go, well, at least I'm better than that guy. Because, you know, no matter where you are... We do it in church. You look across the room and think, well, I'm doing better than they are. And it's, it's, not, a place, it's, not, a, it's not a place to sit in our chair and, and, and look at this and how somebody else should apply it. What we gotta do is we gotta look, we we, we gotta we gotta look into that word and, and and find out what God would have me to do. God, how do I live the life? that you've called me to do. Because you know what? You can have everything going so right, and in just a minute be asking the question, what went wrong? Well, how about before we get to what went wrong, why don't we ask this question? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? You know, uh, uh, Joshua was a, was a great leader. But the, the elders, they were great guys, but they started sliding. They only had one assignment that was left, but they decided, you know what, instead of wiping those guys out, let's make them go to work for us. And, and, and they found a place where what, they, what God had told them to separate from, they found, they, they found themselves in a the spot when they said, you know what, it's actually working for us. We figured out a way that we could do this and 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 we're kind of tired and and, and you know what we look around at our, our our current you know ownership we 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 got great land we got great position we're satisfied here we don't want to fight anymore and look the, the money's rolling in everything's good so let's call ourselves blessed isn't it funny that you can call yourself blessed and still be in rebellion Well, the next generation, man, they didn't know God. They didn't care about God. They didn't love God. Abraham, great, great man of God. Isaac, a little bit compromised. Jacob, spent his whole life fighting against God. How how, how about David? The guy that the Bible says, here's a guy with a heart after God's own heart. And then Solomon his son, the next generation there, you know, Solomon, dude, one of, the, one of the richest men in history. One of the smartest people who ever lived wrote the book of Proverbs. He wrote, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the ends will separate him from the purpose of God. At the end of his life, he led an entire nation into idolatry. What went wrong? How about before we get there, we ask what could go wrong? You know, Solomon is a guy that when when you looked at him, you would have thought, good Lord, there is no way this dude could lose. Okay? I mean, his dad is like the the, the best leader that the the, the world has ever known. Okay? He's just awesome. His dad's got this heart and his dad's, you know, pouring into his mother. She is hot. Okay. And not only is she beautiful, but she's strong, and she helps steer him safely through court life and, and figuring out the system, and, and, and she's for him, and, and he's smart, and he's rich, and he's educated, and he's positioned, and, and he's popular, and if he was running for office, we'd vote for him. If you were going to start up a corporation and hire somebody to run it, and his application come in, we'd hire him. If he was the preacher, we'd all shout amen. This cat had it together. But there was some instruction that his father gave him. Matter of fact, check this out. I think it's, uh, I'm pretty sure I gave you guys this verse. Uh, 1 Kings 2, 2. 1 Kings 2, 2. Uh, Be strong. Prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God. Do life. Lead his way. Well, you know, it says here in these verses, uh, uh, it, it, look at verse 3. Keep the charge of the Lord. Walk in his ways. Uh, according, according to uh, the law of Moses, well, there's only three prohibitions in, in the law of Moses for rulers and uh, they were this, do not as a king multiply wealth for yourself. Uh, number two, do not as a king multiply the number of your wives. And number three, do not multiply uh, the, the number of horses for yourself. Why? Well, because as a king, if you multiply wealth, it's misappropriation of funds and you're using your position for your own gain. As a king, why wouldn't you multiply wives? Everybody's doing it and he's like, well, yeah, but they'll, they'll, they'll cause your heart to shift and you'll be turned away from serving your God. And well, why not multiply horses? Well, that, that's, your, that's your strength and you'll get to the point that you think your strength is in your position and your power and you'll forget that it came from God. But Solomon, what did he do? He ended up putting up a priority on position and on pleasure and on power. You know, power, he had 40, he, here's what you're not supposed to do. Don't multiply horses for yourself. By the time he's done, he has 40,000 stalls of horses and they're all numbered so he can prove it. He, he reached a point that he was smart enough, he didn't need to receive counsel. In his own eyes, he was wise enough. He thought, you know what? I don't need that wisdom because look, I can prove that God's blessing my life. Look at the women love me. Here's a guy that has 700 wives and 300 concubines that the instruction is, don't get too many wives, dude. I'm thinking... Thank you. i I'm. received that wisdom. My God. Some of the stuff I thought about saying. (laughs) And and if we got in the car to go home, I'd just say, just remember it's Father's Day. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, but God's blessed me, man. The money's flowing in. Okay, if I'm the devil, and I'm not, but if I were the devil, and I wanted to tempt you, the picture that I'd paint for you would not be of destruction, pain, hurt. No, I'd tempt you with things I knew you like. You know, it's amazing what people can get me to do, and all they need is a cake. I mean, you don't come to me and say, hey, if you'll do this for me, I'll give you a free gym membership. I don't, that. I'm out. You know, hey, What? yeah, but God, it's, look, at my, look at my business. Look at my job opportunity. Man, man I'm raking in the money. I mean, that's not always an indicator. I mean, you know what? Those things are good. Power, position, prestige, possessions, all good, but not always all God. And by the way, I wonder what it actually cost him. Look at where I am. Yeah, but you don't know where you would have been had you just obeyed. Had you just been able to humble yourself and seek God to find the right way for you, the right way for your future, the right way for everything that God had put into your possession. See, because God's going to bless you. But if we know anything about His Word, He's going to bless you to be a blessing. And when you begin to see others as a threat to what you have, I worked hard for that. No, God's positioned you to be able to get your hand on that. To do what? I don't know. You're gonna to have to ask him. You're gonna to have to ask him. You know, I don't I don't want to make decisions for you. I want to make smart decisions for me. I I I I wanna I, I wanna be a guy that says, you know what? God, I want your way. I want your way in my life. I want to know at the end of the day, I'm the servant, you're the master, because I've decided to serve the Lord. I'm seeking first your agenda, your way of doing right, your way of being right, because I know that you'll add all that stuff that I'm... That, that, that I'm being, you know, uh, pulled by. All those things. He said, you know what? I'll add that stuff to your life. I can tell you this much as we, as we get ready to close today. I can, I can tell you this much. The, the, the times I've obeyed God have proven to produce amazing fruit in my life. The times I chose not to obey God I'm still dealing with that stuff. And what, what blows my mind is there's still moments where the temptation is so great to not do what I know God wants. I, I guess I'm a strong-willed guy. But if I can humble myself and look for his way, he ain't hiding it. If you can humble yourself, if you can just say, you know what, God, I choose to serve you. You know, I, I, I want to challenge you today. I, I dare you. I double-dog dare you to take 30 days and say, okay, God, let's see where you can get me in 30 days. I'm going to stand on Jeremiah 33, 3, where it says, call unto me and I'll answer thee and show you things that you don't know anything about. Give me insight, wisdom, direction. Open my eyes and show me great and wonderful things out of thy law, things that I don't know. I'm going to take 30 days, I challenge you, take 30 days and get yourself out of the way and say, God, I'll even lie to myself about where I'm seated. I'll, I'll swear that I'm a first chair guy and find that I'm actually complacent. So Lord, I don't want want to make any decision without you. I'm going to take 30 days, I challenge you. 30 days, I'm I'm going to take every decision I make before you. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to be the, the key influencer. And I choose to serve you. You know, some of you guys who don't really live for God, not really buying in, I challenge you. Give them 30 days. You know, Joshua made a statement as for me and my house, and it, and it wasn't a 30-day challenge, man. He said, as for me and my house, we're serving God. Well, if he can do it for a life, you can do it for 30 days. Take 30 days. So you know what? On this Father's Day, I'm going to give you back your throne. I'm going to give you back the position. I'm going to give you back the power. I'm going to give you back the possession. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. So God, I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. Show me what you could do in 30 days. You know, uh, one of the coolest things, there's many functions of the anointing. The anointing can do all kinds of things. But my, favorite, my favorite function of the anointing is it has the ability to collapse time. You know, if, 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 you, if you broke your collarbone, how many have ever broken a collarbone? Hold your hand up so people can see it. Lift it way up high because they're going to want to come feel it later. You know, um, you know, you break that collarbone, does it hurt? Oh, yeah. What do they do for you? Nothing. They give you this stupid thing called a figure eight brace, which is just a donut twisted. And you put your arms through it so you won't, won't reach forward. You actually don't need it. You'll only reach forward one time. It <laughs> just holds your back, you know, because eventually, eventually that bone's going to grow back together. Eventually that pain's going to leave. But, uh, but, but if you came in to a service like this, and, and uh, after service you went to the screen and, and you, you received prayer, the Bible says that if you anoint them with oil, call on the elders of the church and they'll anoint you with oil and they'll pray the prayer of the faith. And, 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 you know, instantly, man, the pain's gone, the bone's back, you could do what you couldn't do before instantly. What's the miracle? Well, look at it, that's not a miracle. Well, the pain's gone, that's not a miracle. The pain eventually will leave. The bone's back together. That's not a miracle. Eventually that bone's growing back together. What's the miracle? The collapse of time. I'm telling you that what God could do in 30 days, you couldn't get done in 30 years. Just close your eyes and bow your head. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. There's people in this room today who are making a decision. To give you back the throne. On this Father's Day, we elect. To give you back the power. To give you back your rightful position. To submit ourselves. And give ourselves back to you. You be God. Give insight, wisdom, direction. God, I just thank you that there's people in this room that you you know, it's almost as if you're on the you're on the just the the, the edge of the throne. You're so excited because you can't wait to open doors that no man can shut and close doors that no man can open and 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 turn things that the enemy intended for evil and turn them and use them for good in the lives of your people. And God, we just we we, we, we submit ourselves to you today have your way in our life. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, some of us, we, we actually need to, to, to take a, a literal step and say, you know what, today I'm giving my life to God. Maybe you've prayed what might be called the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've prayed it, uh, you know, once or twice or a hundred times. Maybe you've never heard of it. Here's the question. If today you know, this is a day I should give my heart to Christ. I need to literally surrender. I need to to give God the opportunity to to be my God. I'm going to let God be God in my life. We're all going to pray a prayer together before we go. We won't call you out, won't have you stand. But but while heads are bowed, if you're here today and say, Tom, I'm going to make this prayer personal. I'm making this prayer my prayer today. While nobody's looking around, I just want you to hold your hand up real high so I can agree with you. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. That's awesome. Yep, today, Jesus becomes Lord in my life. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, celebrate, church.